1: FM Talk Podcast.
2: Yeah, there's a good song. High school. Yeah. Hello and welcome to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here, back. Much different setting than uh, the last time I spoke to you guys. <laughs> I have a much different view.
3: It's about the same temperature though now. Isn't uh, yeah,
2: that's a good point. It really is.
3: Are you uh, wearing your ears?
2: <laughs> no, I am not wearing my ears. Uh, but you didn't Carl,
3: get them surgically implanted. Come no, on. Not
2: yet. Not yet. I do have my. Uh, I do have a Mickey Mouse tattoo. For real. You don't have an
3: mouse. you don't identify yeah, but you've as had a that mouse. Forever.
2: Yeah, I've had it forever.
3: <clears throat> What's that, Bo? I, I thought you identified as a mouse now.
2: No, I do not identify as a mouse. However, <laughs> I will say that I definitely miss uh Florida. It was uh <laughs> the, the weather, the the great outdoors in Florida right now is pretty tough to beat. So yeah. But, but I am definitely happy to be back. We've got a great show for you today. Uh Bo, thanks again for all your help last week. Carl, of course, thanks uh, as well. You're welcome. Uh, it's a great show. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me call in <laughs> while I was uh while I was on vacation. Like I said, it was the last time I spoke with you. I was sitting perfectly in between <laughs> poolside. <laughs> a lake and a pool. And Rub it in. Yeah, it was uh so this is a much different this is a much different view that I have today. But uh how was everybody's how was everybody's week? How was everybody's two weeks actually mm. while I was gone? Uh did I miss any anything big, Bo? No. Yeah.
3: Uh, no, no, not really. Um, but you know, we do talk about the second amendment here and I, so I'm, I'm getting concerned of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, although you know nothing from our new administration, but uh, I've I've uh, been uh, sharpening my chains on uh, my chainsaw, so uh, you know at least I could arm myself if I need to.
2: I <laughs> actually we actually have some um, uh, breaking news to discuss uh, that we will get into here uh, as we go throughout the uh, throughout the show. Something happened. Today, as we're recording this show, uh something just happened about an hour ago in Jeff City, and we'll talk about that. In fact, let's go ahead and talk about it with our guest who joins us every week right now at this time, and that of course is Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron, how's it going, dude? Good, how are you? I am I am well. Um so I wanted to You're get... not that tan though. No? No. You really. think so? Okay, well, <laughs> you know. you been... you have olive skin anyway. Yeah, and it's been I've been back for f- several days now, so, you know, starting to lose my my glow. <laughs> you should have you um, should have spray
3: tanned just to sell it, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um I want to get everybody's reaction to this. We've had Nick Schroer on the show many times. We've had of course Alex Salzman from the Missouri Firearms Coalition on the show, and we've talked a lot on this show about the uh, Second Amendment Protection Act Preservation. Preservation. Uh,
3: excuse me, I always
2: do that. I always do that. Man, we
3: <laughs> Pounced on <laughs> you. You did. Him.
2: You did. And I, and as the words were coming out of my mouth, I knew, knew that it I was wrong. I knew that I was wrong. The SAPA bill, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Jared and Taylor. Just this morning, um, on Thursday morning as we record this, the Missouri House has passed the uh the SAPA bill uh, by a uh, vote of one hundred and three to 43 in favor of wow. the bill, so this will con- this will move on now to the Senate. It has taken a, a big step in becoming a law here in the state of Missouri. So this is the bill that basically will protect Missourians and uh, will protect uh, uh, any Second Amendment any in- infringements on the Second Amendment that are passed at the federal level. This will preemptively protect Missouri. From those laws, basically saying, look, you can't you can't you can't uh, influence our Second Amendment rights from the federal level. We're going to do that here at a state level. That's what this bill essentially says. So, Aaron, uh, I want to get your thoughts first on the Second Amendment Preservation Act and and uh, this big stuff that was taken this week.
4: There will be challenges uh, from the federal government. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so and, and what they're going to do is they're going to use the Commerce Clause. Uh, to, uh, you know, come in and and try to regulate it. But what will happen is ultimately um, if – how do I say this? If anything's been made in Missouri, right, and when I mean like made, I mean like barrels, trigger components, stocks, like everything was made right here in Missouri, um, then the argument could be made because none of that crossed state lines. Uh, Now the Commerce Clause does not – uh, apply. So this may uh, spur some development uh, right here in Missouri, from you know ejection molding sites to you know just your individual components of uh, a firearm. Now, you know, listeners need to keep in mind we do have uh, Central Missouri Machine Gun uh, (CMMG) right here in Missouri. Black Rain Ordnance is here in Missouri. Um, and then you get in like Fiocchi they make ammunition. They're here as well. So there are a lot of companies in Missouri already that exist. The, The question is, is how much of their product is made in Missouri. And when it comes to like your AR 15, uh, your bolt carrier group, there's only, you know, a few companies that actually make that in the world. So, uh, and I don't know where, where they're actually located. So you'd be, uh, it might be interesting as a whole to find out what guns are made 100% right here in Missouri.
3: So how many, I mean, uh, Browning couldn't be Browning. The, is yeah, ahead, I'm sorry. No, no Browning ahead. is here. Yeah. yeah uh, Browning, CMMG uh, Browning is here.
4: Yeah. Down in, uh, yep. Yeah, down in Arnold. So, but a, a lot of their stuff, you know, it comes in too. So, you know it's going to be a strict test. Yeah,
2: I would imagine um, that there would be almost nothing that would be made 100% every piece, every part in any location, Missouri or otherwise, right. like just you, like a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't so, think that that'd yeah. be
4: possible. I mean that's that's the argument now. Uh I've I've mentioned this before other other states have done this. Um and you know really like applied to the NFA items, right? Your suppressors Machine guns, that sort of stuff. And uh, I guess I'm going to be jumping on since this is looking like it's going to happen uh, and seeing some of the legal hurdles that those states had to to kind of overcome to get to where they are. So you know it's, it's been uh, funny.
2: We've talked about the lack of communication and kind mm-hmm. of um uh, you know, we we're all expecting this big wave of of second amendment bills or, you know, executive orders, and the president has gotten around to addressing. Uh, it, to some ex- extent uh, now, but I also just saw a report um, earlier today that President Biden has set the, I think, all-time record for the longest a president has ever been in office without having a press conference, a solo, a solo press, press, conference press conference, where the president right. is at the podium answering questions, the president's silence on many things. But you know, pertinent to our discussion, especially the Second Amendment, to this point, you know, months in now is is or a couple months in at least is very strange. Are, are, have you are you surprised, Aaron, at how um, how slowly the president and uh, Democrats in Washington have uh, have have been about passing or you know enacting executive orders in the world of the Second Amendment?
4: Uh, yeah, I am, but. Uh, if I recall, I recall – if I recall correctly, I should say um, that Biden had indicated, hey, I'm going to do these executive orders, um, and really Trump opened that door with the bump stock thing, but yeah. it is what it is. The But then he came to the conclusion that it needed to be done legislatively via bills because executive orders are very easy to undo. So with all that being said, you know, if you want to really make it permanent, you really want to clamp down, you wanna make it where we can't have this massive uh you know red wave in twenty twenty four and get all this stuff undone, then legislature is the way to do it. Follow that up with, yeah, it has been forty plus days, he's not had a solo uh news conference. I was watching um a solo like Zoom meeting mm. among Democratic leaders, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Shapiro had posted it, mm-hmm. and as soon as yeah, he I said, saw that. "You know, hey, anybody got any questions?" They immediately cut that live feed, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." Yeah. Then it's like he's uh, afraid the other got so, it's so close, it's
2: like he's afraid yeah. to answer questions. You know what? He was like that on
3: the during the campaign. He was like that on the election. Yeah, but Uh, hold on, Tony. Hold on. Hold on. When he was asked about what kind of milkshake he got, he did answer. So we've gotten (laughs) some answers. Uh, My my question, my question to the uh, board of directors here is uh, the Second Amendment uh, Preservation Act. Has that been successful uh, in other states around the country, Uh, maybe Texas or Utah? I, I don't know. I mean, you know. Do they set precedents uh, yeah. of success with a Sappa uh, bill like we're you know hopefully? Yeah, hopefully that's a great get. question, Aaron.
4: Do you do it, you do you was, know that or it was, go ahead? Yeah, it, it was either Kansas or Nebraska that had done this, and the federal government had come in, if I re, if I recollect correctly, and uh, cr- clamped down on some guys that had NFA items. It was Kansas I,
2: in two, 2013. There
4: you go. 2013. There you go. And I never I, I probably did read the resolution out. I just don't remember. I mean, it's. And I wonder years, if it's ever really been challenged.
2: Ago. You know, I wonder if it's yeah. ever really been put to the test. Well, I
4: I, I imagine that federal government coming in and, and clamping down on guys with suppressors. Did they have machine guns, too, uh, Chad? <laughs> well, they, there are, Chad.
2: there are now nine states that have some sort of. Gotcha. Sappa laws: Alaska, gotcha. Arizona, yeah. Idaho, North Dakota, Tennessee, Wyoming, Missouri, North Dakota, and Texas. Yeah, so
4: it'll be very now, least, interesting the, to see. When it, the other the other half of that challenged. too is, you know, twenty sixteen, Trump administration came in and they were not going to mess. They were not going to. They were not going to mess with that at all. So, um, it, I'd be curious. Uh, yeah, I'm going to probably do some googling and uh, and see, but I definitely know. There was some action in Kansas. Yeah. Um, 100%. And uh, I just don't remember the resolution to it. Right. So.
2: What's the latest at Southern Armory, Aaron?
4: Well, we are uh, stacked up with magazines. Oh, We've got uh, ARs. We've got uh, just got in if you're uh, kind of a collector of cool things. Uh, Remington, you know, we all know Remington went out of business. Um, we have DPMS AR 10 lowers. Remember, DPMS is part of that in line, and they are the they are complete. Um, and we have the the kits that you can then build if you want to build your own. Uh, when I say complete, I mean right down to buffer tube, spring, buffer, stock. you know Everything you need, you have a complete lower. Um, and all you do is get an upper and uh, whatever barrel caliber you want. I'm gonna I actually picked one up myself. I'm gonna do a 6.5 Creedmoor. Then we have the AR-15 uh marked remington uh, arms on them lowers that are in um and just kind of a cool piece of history so grab it now uh while you can um again you know the ar-15 lowers uh, the exact same way you got, got all the parts right down to the right down to the buttstock um buffer buffer tube and spring it's a it's a literally a complete complete lower we say like complete lower parts kit but you know, it's got literally everything that goes on there. So, kind of cool, a uh, little piece of history, and you can throw whatever up where you want on it. AR 15, you know, it's got a ton of different calibers that you can do with that. Uh, magazines have been kind of an interesting topic because everybody's pretty much thinking they're going to get the magazines, at least on this go around. And then, strangely right. enough, we've been selling a lot of 50 BMG because they've been talking about the caliber restrictions. So, uh, I think we are now out of 50 BMG. Uh, we're trying to source some more uh, as things go on. That is uh, yeah. pretty much it. Oh, what about uh,
2: what about in, uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I talked to you, have you been able to get more ammo and is the have things slowed yeah. down as far as the pressure on people stocking up on ammo and, and uh, yeah. you know, those so, common size uh, firearms?
4: Yeah, so I mean, we're still getting literally like a pallet in every week um, and that pallet, you know, used to cost us like $2,500 or $3,000. Now it's way more than that. Uh, is reflected by ammo prices, and then we got word from uh, federal, hey, expect another, uh, it was like three to five, or five to seven percent, I can't remember, five was definitely in there, Uh, (laughs) percent uh, increase in production cost. Hooray, ammo's going to go up again. So, (laughs) that was sarcasm. Um,
2: (laughs) You
4: don't say. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, so uh, just kind of baffled uh, about this, but you know, we've got enough doses now. Come May, uh, for every adult that wants a COVID shot to get one, yeah. and I'm hoping uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to politicize it to too much, it. Even, <laughs> even though Trump, even though Trump uh, really influenced that through about April into April. Anyway, um, with that being said, uh, hopefully, you know, we can start getting vaxxer, or anti-vaxxer. Or it, if it gets us back to normal, um, at least in, in the firearms industry, where. These manufacturers can run three full shifts yeah. um, a day and not really be cut down to half capacity because a lot of these manufacturers were – every other shift was cleaning. So first and third were working. Second was cleaning. Next day, first and third were cleaning. Second was working. That's half capacity, okay? And what happens when you're running half capacity? you got limited stock and yeah. supply and demand. Prices shoot up, et cetera. So, uh, you know, hate it or it, it, love it. It doesn't matter if it gets us back to normal, at least in our industry, where you can walk in and buy. I don't think you're ever going to see a freaking 9 or $10 box of 9-millimeter again. I think those days are, are long gone. I hope I'm wrong, but probably gone, right? Yeah. They've showed that the industry will support this kind of pricing, there, yeah. and it's – and it so, is what it is. Aaron,
2: if people want to get out and see you there at Southern Armory, uh, take a maybe take a turn in the simulator simulator, which is always an uh, I think a really great experience, especially for people that have not been able to take classes or get yep. any training in the last year because of the pandemic. Uh, the the simulator there at Southern Armory is a great resource for folks. Yeah. How can they find you?
4: We had uh, have people in there usually up the other day. And nice. uh it was it was good to hear uh, the, the screams of the zombie, or people running away from zombies, <laughs> and the uh, balloon animals pop, and uh, it was just it was just fun. And then, of course, Piper was like going nuts um, because she's she likes to shoot zombies. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, yeah. We went from balloon animals right to zombies. It's, That's it's, great. I love it. That's great. So, uh, if they come out and see us. We're located one mile east of 27044 at 9901 Watson Road. And you find us on the socials, Southern Armory, Second Amendment News Podcast, and SouthernArmory.com.
2: SouthernArmory.com. That's SouthernArmory.com. And that is the owner of Southern Armory, Aaron Tarlow. Aaron,
4: great to talk with you, my friend. We yeah. will
2: talk to you same time next week.
4: All right, you guys, uh, Tony, Carl, and Bo, you guys behave. We'll see you next week. You bet. Thanks, talk to you then. (laughs) Behave.
2: All (laughs) right, don't threaten us. Got a break coming up a little bit later in the show. We are going to talk to Warren Patton from the Gateway RV Dealers Association. Talk about this weather. uh, You know, right before I left, we were in the middle of that deep freeze, and it was absolutely horrible. But this past week, the weather has just been absolutely beautiful. And I think it is giving everybody the itch to get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. And there's no better way to do so than uh, taking out an RV and getting out in the campgrounds, enjoying the great outdoors that way. So we're going to talk to Warren about that a little bit later on in the show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 2nd Amendment Radio
0: and the Great Outdoors. Guns
2: Back to Second of the Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Carl Middleman. Pew pew. And my partner Bo Matthews present. Just talking to Aaron Tarlo from Southern Armory in that last segment. We're going to talk to Warren Patton from the Gateway RV Dealers Association in the next segment. If you miss anything on today's show or you want to hear it again, don't forget about our podcast. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors podcast. You can get just about anywhere that there are podcasts, but I recommend the radio.com app because on the radio.com app, it's uh, free and you can stream the station 24 7, and you can rewind live radio, and you can get this podcast and the podcast of every other show on this station all there on the radio.com app. And of course, we put out two podcasts every week. We put out this, what you're hearing now, the show podcast that goes out every Friday. And then our podcast exclusive, which is exactly that, it's exclusive conversation kind of bonus uh, talk that you don't get here on the show. That sometimes stays on topic and sometimes doesn't. You never know where the podcast exclusive <laughs> is going to go. Uh, and we release that podcast every Monday. Uh, Warren Patton from the Gateway RV Dealers Association is going to stick around and be a part of that uh, that podcast as well. So you hear Warren in the next segment, and we'll we'll talk more with Warren in the podcast exclusive this week. Uh, but I want to get back for a moment here um, because we're going to be getting out into the great outdoors in the next segment with Warren, and I think that's uh, that's good for everybody. Um, but we were touching there in that uh, first segment with Aaron about the, uh, the, the SAPPA Act here in Missouri, the Second Amendment Preservation Act uh, that passed in the Missouri House this week. It's a big step. For that bill, That's huge, yeah, yeah. Um, on its way to becoming law in the state, and this bill essentially, the the Cliff Notes version is, is it would protect Missouri from any federal uh, laws that would infringe on Second Amendment rights. It would, it would make it so uh, Missouri law enforcement officers are not required to enforce. Federal laws that are passed that would infringe on our Second Amendment rights. Uh, but here's a couple of um, here's a couple of the details of the SAP Act, and I want to kind of get you know I'd love to hear from the listeners what they think, and uh, Bo, of course, get your reaction as well. Carl, chime as well. Um, so the measure would penalize local police departments if their officers enforce federal gun laws. Those agencies could be sued by those who broke federal gun laws and would face a minimum of fifty thousand dollars in fines. So basically, um, you know, if a uh, if a, a Missouri law enforcement officer or organization would um, would enforce federal gun laws that infringe on Second Amendment rights, they could be penalized in the form of a fine. Um federal law enforcement in the state of Missouri can still enforce those gun laws without penalty. So if you're dealing with a right. federal uh, law enforcement officer, e- even though you're in the state of Missouri, this the SAP act does not uh, does not protect you there. Um, a lot of people in the uh, uh, law enforcement industry and uh, obviously people that support the Second Amendment are very excited and very supportive of this bill, but not everybody is. Uh, Green County Sheriff Jim Arnott, in a letter to lawmakers and other Missouri elected officials last week, said his agency often works with federal agencies to prosecute gun offenses that are both state and federal crimes, and he thinks that this uh, would be a problem, that this would— Let's see. I'm trying to find his quote here. He says that uh, the bill would uh, inhibit prosecution of dangerous criminals. Um, I don't know about that, but he's a sheriff and I'm not. So, you know, I don't
3: uh, I don't see how that I don't see how that could be a concern uh, because to the law abiding gun owners like you, like me, like a lot of people that listen to this program. um, We're just waiting to find out what the taxes are going to be or the you know, the fees are going to be to own a, a firearm. And I've heard some enormous numbers um, that have been, you know, tossed around, you know, $2,000 per firearm a year. What? I just, that, that that doesn't even make sense. I would say this, though, the federal uh, uh, law enforcement agencies in Missouri should be able to do what they need to do for people that are running guns or humans or whatever is up 44. You know, if there's a, a gang and they have, you know, uh, automatic weapons, which they do, or semi-automatic that are illegal, then we do need those laws, uh, you know, on a federal level for the bad guys, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the law-abiding Americans, it, it's really I, I go to the I go to the range. That that's my that that's not breaking a law. I'm going to the range to to hone my skills, and most gun owners do that same thing. So I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. So his concern in Greene County, you said. Yeah, Green I County know. Sheriff. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see it. And, you know, to your
2: point, uh, one of the bill's sponsors, Republican uh, Representative Jared Taylor, said th- uh, about this, I- in about all, the con- all these concerns, quote, if they don't violate a person's Second Amendment rights, then they have nothing to worry about. <laughs> that this is yeah. just simply there to stop infringement on Missourians' Second Amendment rights. And as we sort of touched on there with Aaron in the first segment, um, it, we don't know for sure. And even talking with Representative Nick Schroer, who is also one of the sponsors of this bill and has been pushing for the SAP Act for not just this, not just in this legislative session this year in Missouri. But this is something we've talked about in years past on this show with uh, Representative Schroer. So he's been you know, fighting this fight for a long time but even he would admit and like we like I said we talked with Aaron about this nobody's quite positive what happens when the rubber meets the road <laughs> that who right. who you know which um which entity is ultimately more powerful and able to um you know trump no pun intended the other is uh you know will this will this bill stop uh ultimately stop federal infringement on second amendment rights or will it be determined uh that um that the federal bills are going to be stronger um so nobody yeah nobody knows that for sure uh but this is a way to give that at least preemptively attempt to protect missourians and i I think it's good and i think it's a good thing
3: Don't you think, though, that if uh, the Biden administration wants to, you know, put out uh, uh, an executive order that's a a federal law that, you know, of course, they've got to get it passed. They've got to get it passed through our uh, Congress. But. Don't you think that they could put language in there that says any SAPA laws or any SAPA bills does not pretend? You know what I mean? Like they, they're going to adjust their verbiage yeah. to make sure that they can get what they want. And I'm sure the states will do the same thing. The states
2: will put in there like no matter what the federal government says – we you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, they'll, you know what I mean? You know you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they'll, 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 you know, it'll be—it'll essentially turn into lawyers writing contracts, you know, with their legal mumbo-jumbo to try to and stop the other And then it lands the on interpretation.
3: Exactly. Yeah, and and then then it lands ends on up interpretation up in, yeah, of the law. Then
2: it ends up in courts, and then it ends up— Then It's going to end up in courts anyway. And then it'll be, you know, the one judge that was appointed by a Republican somewhere down the line, or as a conservative judge, he'll do one thing, and then a liberal judge will do another thing, and it'll just— Tie up in courts forever, but I, but I actually think that that's kind of the point. That I, I think that uh, I don't know if they would admit it, you know, publicly. Probably, hmm. uh, you know, guys like Nick Shaw are pretty, uh, pretty honest dudes. Even, you know, even when it's uh, talking, even when they're talking about the uh, inner workings of, of the of politics, even when it's pretty gross. That at, at, that maybe not maybe in the end it doesn't work. But at least it ties things up in court for a very long time and continues to protect Missouri's, uh, you know, Missourians' Second Amendment rights for an extended period of time. And maybe, you know, that's the point. Maybe the point is to tie it up in court until maybe there's another president, you know, or maybe (laughs) until there's a a different uh, uh, power structure in Congress. So, you know, I I wouldn't put it past them just thinking that uh, if nothing else – if we don't even if we don't truly believe that this is strong enough to stop federal law, at least it's strong enough to delay it and tie things up and buy us some time to, you know, continue to find ways to protect Missourians and their second Tony, rights. Tony,
3: those are all good points. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the Democratic Party is all about the slow roll. They've started, you know, decades ago on some of these programs, you know, especially when you hear things like, uh, uh, you know, college tuition. Uh, you know, getting a pass on repaying your student loan debt and that kind of thing—they've been working on that for 20 years. Yeah. And you know, now they're getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. They just keep moving the ball down the field just a little bit more. And so, I, again, I, I agree with you. I think the Second Amendment Preservation uh, Act is is so important. At least it's an effort. It's a it's a it's a it's a chance because the Second Amendment is so important. Although, look at what's going on with our First Amendment in this country. This is—it's it, almost like it doesn't even exist because so many of these people that have lost their jobs uh, for something that they've said or or something that they have posted on social media—that should be against the law, you know. All mm-hmm. these these—I'm surprised that there's not a floodgate. Maybe of, we're gonna of need lawsuits. a First Amendment
2: Preservation Act. After this one. (laughs) Yeah,
3: amen to that. First Amendment
2: radio. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Protecting the Second Amendment is a very good thing, and another very good thing is taking advantage of the weather, warming up, and in getting outside and unplugging a bit and reconnecting with the great outdoors there's nothing better than that in my opinion Amen. and we're going to take this quick break and then when we get back we are going to talk to Warren Patton from the Gateway RV Dealers Association about exactly that getting out into the great outdoors so don't go anywhere you're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors
3: way to get on the
2: road again nobody is more proud <laughs> of their bumper <laughs> music selections than the great carl middleman chad welcome back into second amendment radio and the great outdoors tony Colombo here with carl middleman Hello. and of course my partner bo matthews been yeah, talking buddy. a whole bunch about uh, second amendment laws and second amendment rights and law enforcement this show if you've missed any of it of course like i said Download our podcast, which you can get the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Radio.com is where I definitely suggest you go and get the podcast. Uh, Two podcasts every week. The show podcast goes out on Friday. The podcast exclusive goes out on Monday. And uh, so we've spent most of the show talking about those kind of serious issues. And now it's time to lighten things up. As I said, Bo, last week... When uh, you were kind enough to uh, let me join the show from Disney World while you were hosting and I was on vacation, um, I, I said it then. I've said it many times. I'll say it many more times. It, now more than ever, in this uh, in this crazy world, it is and with all the anger and all the negativity on the television and in the news Anxiety. and in politics and yeah. It is – it it's never been more important to take time to yourself, unplug from all of that, and uh, you know, turn off the TV, turn off the social media, turn off the phones, and get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. You don't have to go on vacation to do that. You can do it right here. <laughs> you can do it on the weekends. You can do it in the evenings when you're off work. You don't have to travel. You don't have to spend money to unplug And enjoy the great outdoors and I don't think there's anything better for the soul especially uh, at a time like this and uh, so we're gonna talk about the great outdoors for the rest of the show and into the uh, podcast exclusive this week and of course anytime we're talking about the great outdoors here
3: it's brought to you by Razorback Armory, your full-service firearm shop. They strive to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. They've been doing it a long time. They love what they do, and they want to meet you. They're a half-mile east of 270 on Manchester Road next to the tennis shop. Find them online with directions and everything at RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Beau Matthews sent you in to Razorback Armory. And, you know, we've been talking about this idea of uh, talking about RVing and the RV lifestyle. For weeks, the three of us, and we finally got the guy. Yes. This is, uh, we got Warren Patton. He is the president of the Midwest Gateway RV Dealers Association and uh, also in the business. Uh, But uh, Warren, welcome to the program. How are you, sir?
5: All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
3: it. Oh man, we've been looking forward to this so much. Now I, I've got to know that you are the president of this organization that represents a lot of dealers and and people coming, you know, to you for ideas of okay, which way do I go? Is there you know, is there parks to go to? But Warren, do you still RV or you is this just your business now?
5: <laughs> you know, I, I think like a lot of RV dealers, uh, I, I like the lifestyle, but over the last year or so, it's been f- hard to find the time uh, mm, because yeah. we, we've had to very busy time but uh uh, but actually i uh a couple years ago i was able to have a nice trip with my wife we we had an upcoming baby that my wife was six months pregnant and we actually took a a trailer one of our rental vehicles so i'm also with by rv in st louis Mm uh and we took one of our rental vehicles and actually toured a a bunch of um campgrounds that were around baseball stadiums we went to four different baseball stadiums in four uh, days and we uh, stayed at campgrounds outside each city along the way nice. and had a really cool, uh, cool RV trip there.
3: So yeah, it's kind of like a, the same question for a plumber. The plumber's got a sink <laughs> that leaks, but everybody else's is fixed. He just doesn't have right. time for his own. Yeah, so exactly. I, I was, I was curious <laughs> about that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Warren, we
2: enough. we talked to you know on this show. We talk a lot about fishing and hunting and obviously camping. And you know, I grew up. So my, my grandparents actually belonged to a camping club, and every month of the year except um, in, except December and January, those were the only two months of the year that they took off, but it was the second weekend of every month this group got together and, and went camping, and I spent much of my childhood joining my my grandparents on those trips. So uh, it is something I have done hundreds and hundreds of times and and greatly enjoy but we've talked um, to people in the fishing industry and the hunting industry and over the last couple of decades those industries have seen a a steady decline until recently with this pandemic and sort of what i was talking about at the beginning of the segment people are sort of rediscovering things like like fishing and hunting and the great outdoors and how great it is to get away from all this madness and you know with so many things that were closed in the last year you know, people were are finding parks and, and lakes again. Uh, what is it? What how's it been in the RV industry? What did where are you guys uh, as far as that's concerned? Is it something that is uh, that maybe never declined or maybe it's on the comeback? What's going on with you guys?
5: <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a it's a little bit of an interesting history over the last five to ten years because obviously post um, you know two thousand eight uh rvs kind of went on a, on a downhill there was some re rechanging in the industry dealerships manufacturers that sort of thing but it was on a slow rise and really when we got to about 2016 17 18 we really saw a fast rise up to a peak of all-time record shipments and everything like that nice. And it was it was starting to trail down a little bit honestly when we got to 2019 you were starting to see a little bit of oversaturation in the market uh 20 kind of dragged a little or uh, uh, yeah, nineteen dragged, and then the beginning of twenty was a little concern of of over saturation of inventory, and then <laughs> I think uh, right about the time that the the industry was very concerned about the economic uh, impact of of COVID and what was happening, uh, because generally when when the RV industry has had um, I would say overall macroeconomic impacts that that drain people's ability to buy. It's never really bode well for our industry. Uh, but what ended up happening is on the other side of it, people, uh, families who had saved up for vacations, families who now had time uh, because the kids could travel anywhere, they they could take school from anywhere, people could work from anywhere, all of a sudden looked at RVing because they couldn't get on planes, they couldn't get on boats, and the industry just kind of ran last year. I mean, it just, uh, everything, every product that was out there sold uh, the, the inventory was at all time, low levels on dealer lots. People bought everything that they could have new use. So we, we saw a huge boom to the industry and tons of people entering and finding out that this was a great way to vacation. All of a sudden you had families realizing that, you know, this was a, a way for them to travel. So many first timers, I would say 50% of the buyers were first timers. All of a sudden they had a new way to travel with their family, uh, safely be outdoors, uh, be away from everything. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd say disconnect, but in some ways they're still, they can still connect now because it's a little bit different, <laughs> uh, away. We only <laughs> have a lot of new, new people entering. We so. only have
2: a couple minutes left here on the show, but Warren's going to be sticking around with us for the podcast exclusive. So make sure I've got a lot more questions and a lot more I want to talk about in this topic. So make sure you download yeah, that too. podcast because, uh, we're nowhere near done with this conversation before we run <laughs> out of time on the show here though, Bo, you got uh, one last question for Warren.
3: Well, yeah. How do you empty the crapper? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I do. No, that's my biggest fear of buying an RV. It really is. But, Crappers full. Uh, <laughs> you edited. Um, I did. Uh, uh, Warren, uh, real quick, you guys have uh, you guys have an RV show coming up soon, uh, or the next one in a, in what a couple of months? Uh, I was talking to our uh, our mutual uh, uh, acquaintance uh, Tammy, and she's and I. I definitely want to put it out there because people are shopping. I've been on Craigslist myself. But there's nothing like buying from a dealer because you have that, you know, that backing, the you know, the maintenance and all that stuff. So when is your next show for the Midwest Gateway RV Dealers Association?
2: Yeah. And Warren, tell us how they can learn more, too, about your organization. Uh, give us information on just learning more about you guys and about the shows.
5: Absolutely. Well, uh, so we are planning a show. Uh, for April 9th through the 11th uh, at the Six Flags parking lot, and it will be the Midwest Gateway RVDA show. That will be the, the 10 uh, local trusted dealers that, that a lot of people in the St. Louis area are familiar with. We, we're the association that sponsors the downtown show that's always been at America's Center, uh, and obviously changes had to be made this year. But uh, So we're bringing uh, those dealers out uh, to Six Flags uh, uh, April 9th through the 11th, and to find out more information stlrv.com very important that is Mm stlrv.com uh you look at we'll have information on the show confirmation on what's going to happen how parking will be arranged and everything like that with with six flags uh but it is one of the things that's very important is you know rvs are houses uh they are they're not just a thing that you buy that you buy and you go okay this is not going to require any maintenance so Buying from a dealer, buying from a trusted dealer is a very important thing, and that's one of the things, the things that the Midwest Gateway RVDA really tries to to make known to customers. Is these dealers that are part of our association have been doing business in St. Louis for decades. Nice, uh, my business in Warren,
2: particular. I mean, not only is it a, so. not only is it a house; it's what I have been trying to convince my wife to be our retirement house is an RG (laughs) so we could just travel uh, the country after we retire. Uh, That is Warren Patton. He's the president of the Midwest Gateway RV Dealers Association. Like I said, we have lots more to talk with Warren about in the podcast exclusive this week, so make sure you download that podcast, and we will continue the conversation there. Uh, But that is going to wrap up this week's show. For Carl Middleman and Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys.
0: Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.